So we won't go to the question, we'll go to the answer first. Is that all right? And then we'll come back to the question at the end. Are you still with me? Luke chapter 10, and we'll look from verse 30. In reply, is the answer to a question. In reply, see a lot of you be all flicking back through your Bibles now, aren't you? And you're looking up the question. (laughs) We'll come back to the question at the end. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, where he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him, and went away, leaving him, now I want you to notice this, half dead. He was half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. I want you to notice that that the priest happened to be going down the same road. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place, he saw him. I wonder what you see. He saw him pass by on the other side of the road. But a Samaritan, that is a person who the Jews considered to not be pure. A Samaritan was a mixed race person who lived in the northern part of the country who the Jews always thought They were compromisers. A Samaritan was the people who usually robbed people on this road. That's who we're talking about. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, isn't that funny that he saw him as well? He saw him, took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wound, poured on oil, poured in wine. Then he put a man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense which you have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of robbers? And the expert in the law said, the one who had mercy on him. He couldn't bring himself to say the word Samaritan. The one who had mercy on him, he said. And Jesus said, go and be like the Samaritan. Go and do likewise. I wonder if you could blame the priest and the Levite. I wonder if we'd be the same. You know, once uh, I was in uh, Pastor Ron's country in Canada, and I was in the woods in Canada, walking around near, near Banff, and we were on a kind of twilight hike, 
just when our tour guide says there are bears in these woods. And I thought to myself, there are things in these woods where I'm walking that could eat me. And I wasn't really quite as brave as I thought I perhaps should be. I wonder whether many of us might not be so sure how we would react if we were placed in a dangerous place. I wonder how compassionate and confident we would feel when our own lives uh, were in danger. I was once traveling in India and came and we stopped in a whole village that was dedicated to snakes. As you went into the village, on the two posts the side of the road, there's two big idols of snakes, and it was quite unnerving. And actually, they kept snakes. I wasn't so bold in that village than perhaps you might see me here on the KT platform. because I'm not really sure about it. So you know when, God, when, <clears throat> when people say as Christians, oh, God takes away all your fear, he, doesn't see, he seems to have left that one in my heart about snakes. How about you? Let's dig into some things. Then I'll just make a few points from this parable. Jerusalem to Jericho was an 18-mile stretch of a long and winding road. Jerusalem's quite high up. Jericho is quite low. It was known as the road of blood because it was a common occurrence for people to fall into a band of robbers on that road. And I wonder if we can really blame the priest and the Levite for passing by because stopping on that road was quite dangerous anyway. So I want to ask you a question today. How do we know when it's a boundary that we need to respect or an opportunity that God is presenting for us to serve. How do we know that? I'm going to give you some principles today so that you can say, well, I know when to step into serving and when there's a boundary that perhaps it protects me. Let's dig into some of the mechanics of this parable. I want you to notice, and I pointed it out as we were reading, that the person was half dead, that there was still some hope that actually sometimes you can look at a situation and you think, nah, and you make too quick of a judgment and you pass by too quickly. It's important, and I want to say to you tonight, it's very important that you keep a sense of hope in your life, that actually things in your life might be half dead while they're not dead yet. And I wanted to say to you tonight, just welcome everybody if this is your first time visiting amongst us. And we're a church where we believe that everyone can change, everybody can be transformed, and no matter what you've been through, there's still hope. And so don't pass by even if it's half dead. It's not fully dead yet. Can I hear an amen, church, yeah? But these two religious figures, the priest and the Levite, were over-applying a law that they'd been given. In Leviticus chapter 21, the first three verses, it gives a strict law for priests and Levites that they cannot touch a dead body. This wasn't a dead body. They can't touch a dead body. This wasn't a dead body. 
But I don't know about you, but sometimes our devotion can block our sense of seeing a need. Sometimes we can think, oh, I can't do that because I'm a Christian, instead of reaching out to somebody and saying, actually, I can see past that into your need. Sometimes, have you ever been invited somewhere or, you, you know, you, uh, some people want you to help them, but you think, oh, I, I, you know, it's, it seems a bit like a strange environment. But actually, if you just looked past it and went to the need. Now, I know we've got to be careful, but I wonder if you can look to need before you look to rules. Hello? Now, I'm not saying that you should all go out and go to all the nightclubs witnessing and all the rest of it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, can you see a need before you see rules? That's all I'm saying. Because sometimes we need to see the need. And actually, you know, uh, in the law given in Leviticus... The priest could even touch a dead body of his relatives. So it wasn't one of those rules that applied to all situations at all times. Sometimes we keep rules and we don't see needs. And tonight, I wonder if you could say, Lord, help me to see the need in someone's life. Help me. I want to tell you something that you know, it's a little bit dangerous for Kathy and I. Kathy and I, somebody once had to get rid of a child. And nobody would help that lady. And now we weren't a part of the getting rid of the child. But after all that had been done, nobody took her in. So we took her into our house. And she stayed with us until she was better. Would you have preferred us to say, oh no, you've done the wrong thing? Or would you have preferred for us to take her into our home, pray with her, feed her, clothe her, and bring her back from the terrible thing that she'd done? Sometimes you have to see the need more than keep a rule. Can I leave that with you? But I want you to be careful and not just go overboard on that. Can I take you a little bit deeper? Yes, yes. Do you see, have you got your Bible open? Yes. Now, for those of you who got your Bible open, it says, and it, I don't know how it's translated in your Bible, that it says in Luke chapter 10 there, it says, now a priest happened to go there. Do you, do you notice that phrase? Some of you might have it translated, and by chance, a priest went down that way. You, you see what I'm saying? Have you got that with you? Pastor Scott, what does it say in yours? Does it happened? And now by chance. You see that phrase? You know the translators find that hard to translate because it's a Greek word called synkurios, which means with the Lord or with by light. And actually what it means is, now God orchestrated this opportunity. In other words, they, should, they couldn't really translate it properly because it says, 
Now, God was pulling the strings in the background. God made it so that the time that this person was robbed, it was on the pre-schedule to go down there. And actually, it should read, by God happenstance, by God working in the background, a priest went down and passed that way. This was an opportunity set up by God. And this week, I wonder if you could look for some God opportunities that you think, hang on, is this set up by God? I, I, I had a weird experience the other day um, in that I was, I was going to catch the bus up to my home and... Um, uh, I'd, my, my phone had died, uh, and, you know, Kathy had said, take your battery with you. you, you know, you're out a long time, didn't listen, phone dies, so I couldn't chap, check the bus app. So there was a, bus, there was a chap standing by the, by the bus uh, stop there, and he, um, he, he got his phone, and I said, oh, when's the bus coming? And it wasn't for a long time, so I said, oh, I'm going to start walking. Then he said to me, he said, um, are you interested in opera? And I went, no, no, I'm not. I'm not interested in opera at all. Sorry if you're, you know, and sorry if you're watching online, if you're into opera, all the rest of it. And, uh, and, I, and I kind of walked off. But then, halfway about, I was about five minutes away, and I thought, have I just missed an opportunity to kind of have a conversation and to maybe witness to that guy? Sometimes God sets up unusual opportunities for you. Now, I'm not saying being spooky, and I'm not saying that you're looking for strange things, but here is a priest walking on a narrow road, and a man is bleeding in front of him. Now, this is a bit of an obvious opportunity. You know, and it wouldn't have taken much for me to say, hmm, is this from God? Here's the lesson. Watch out for clear and obvious God opportunities in your life. Not, not the kind of, you know, the lady who's carrying a shopping bag and she kind of just drops it and five people, you know, pick up the, the groceries and you stay and push some tracts in her shopping bag. No, I'm not talking about those opportunities. I'm talking about clear opportunities that you just know that God is setting up. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 says this, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. When was the last time that you took an opportunity that God placed in front of you? Or are you too busy? Are you too caught up with your life? Are you, in a sense, saying, You know what? I've got my schedule. Sometimes God's going to place an opportunity in front of you. Can I take you a little bit deeper? When the Bible says, and when he saw the man, the Greek word is haro, which means he stared at him. He took a good look at him. In fact, it means to perceive what's going on in your mind. He made a conscious decision to move on. In fact, the road, Jericho Road, is so narrow that he probably 
When it says pass by on the other side, he probably had to squeak by him or even step over him. I'm wondering today whether you are getting into what this man got into or these two men got into, and that is what we call rationalization. Or thinking it through too much that you come up with the reason why you shouldn't. I've done that. We've all done that. I wonder if you've done that. Where you think to yourself, you know what, I'm going to be late. It's going to be before sunset. I need to get down there before the Sabbath. It just really needs to all happen. And we start rationalizing why we shouldn't take care of that need. We can all be prone to rationalization. We can all be prone to all the reasons why we shouldn't do something. If you have to think too much and you have to justify why you are not, then you're probably missing out on a simple need. And I just wonder, isn't it in my spirit right now, that somebody has got on their mind all the reasons why you shouldn't, and actually God's saying, you should. Because you'll meet a need. This road, as I say, was so narrow that the other side meant that you had to squeak by. So here's the kind of things that I want you just to teach into tonight to say, when is it when we're missing a God opportunity or when is it that we probably should just say, no, it's a boundary, I don't need to do that. First of all, ask yourself, is there a clear need or is it something only that I'm concerned about? Is this a need that is just obvious? I've met some Christians and they try and get involved in things And it's not really a need. It's just something that they are concerned about. Here on this story, it's a clear need. The man is bleeding. Secondly, is there a clear opportunity that's close to you? Or do you have to go meddling and looking for it? Have you ever met Christians like that? That they're into everything. That actually, the opportunity isn't as close to them at all. I mean, this priest isn't saying, you know what? We should try and help everybody who is being robbed in all the roads in Israel. Have you met Christians like that? They're trying to put the world right, and yet they never look at the need right in front of them. Is there a clear opportunity that's close to you Or do you have to go looking for it? Thirdly, one of the things that I look at in this parable is, is it clearly my responsibility? Now, this is where we draw boundaries. I've met Christians sometimes, and they get involved with everybody's needs, and you have to ask yourself, is that your responsibility to do that? Now here, it was obviously their responsibility because it was clear the priest was the only one there. If he looked round, there wasn't an army of helpers. He's looking round and he's thinking, no, it's got to be my responsibility. In your life, can I just caution you, are you meddling and it's not really your responsibility? Or are you ignoring something that really is your responsibility. Three ways you can tell whether it's your God opportunity 
or whether it's a boundary that you need to draw and stay away from. Is there a clear need? Is there a clear opportunity that's close to me? I don't have to go looking for it. And is it a clear responsibility that's close to me? That actually there's nobody else to do this. Sometimes you can see a need, you can see an opportunity, but there's lots of other people that can do it better than you. Well, let them do it. Does that help? Is this kind of okay teaching? Let's begin to wrap up, shall we? You know, if you get into helping and being a a good Samaritan, you know, helping's a much longer process than we all think. It really is. We see the priest and we see the Levite's involvement in this story. It's really brief, isn't it? But will you count this through with me? Helping takes a lot longer than we might think. Thanks, guys, that's great. I want you to look at the Samaritan's involvement. Count it through with me. He took pity on him. And actually, in the original language, it means that he was moved deep down in his bowels. And actually, that's one way you can know whether it's your God opportunity. It really moves you. Second thing, number two, he bandaged him. Come on, count it with me. Number three, he poured in oil. Number four, he poured in wine. You see, the priests and the Levites, they just passed by. It's over. He's already done four things. Number five, he put him on his donkey. How heavy was this guy? He had to pick him up. He had to leverage him on his animal. Number six, he brought him to an inn. Number seven, he took care of him. Number eight, he paid for him. Number nine, he followed him up. And number 10, he came back a few days later and paid for it all again. You see, if you want to help, it's going to take you a long time. So kind of quick help isn't help. But actually saying to yourself, well, if I'm going to do this, I've got to follow through and go for the long haul. So many of us, we kind of want to help, but we don't understand we're going to have to invest some time in order to help. Can I ask you, is there a situation that you need to invest some time in and you've just been neglecting it? I wonder if you stand with me. I hope I've given you some insights about this parable today. But remember that I said that this was the longest answer that Jesus gave. Can any of you remember what the question was? I wonder if... I could just read it to you. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up and to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And that's the question that we're all asking. I wonder if you're even asking that question tonight. And Jesus answered him and said, Well, what's written in the law? And he said this, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, wouldn't Britain be a greater place? Wouldn't it be great Britain if we said, everybody in this country loves the Lord their God with all their heart, with all their soul, all their mind, and everybody loved our neighbor as ourselves? Wouldn't that be a great place to live? And I just really believe that tonight there's perhaps somebody who needs to ask the question, are you going to inherit eternal life? Or are you going to be the sort of person that actually you keep passing by and missing God opportunities? It's not that you're unkind. It's not that you're like the priest and the Levite. But actually, God wants to set up some opportunities for you. But you need to turn your heart around and come to him. Jesus said to him, If you'll do this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus said, Do this and you will live. How many of you want to live tonight? Come on, let me see your hand. How many of you want to live Jesus gives you the answer of how to live. Love God with everything you've got. And love your neighbor as yourself.